And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley, a pleasant afternoon to you. Hope all is going well. You heard the John Morris show. John making his way back from Morgantown. The, uh, I mean, I guess, gosh, is everybody still traveling? You know what's crazy, Aaron, is that um, during this whole pandemic, like the Mavericks, Chuck Cooperstein, the voice of the Mavericks, has never been able to fly or go to a game. Meanwhile, you know, John and Pat and, and um, you know, John and J.J. for the football games, you know, they're going to the games and doing their thing. And I'm, I'm sure they had to do some different things during the height of COVID, during that basketball season. I mean, I, I, I'm sure John's had to call some games off the monitor or whatever. But, the, but people don't realize the behind-the-scenes stuff sometimes. The Dallas Mavericks play-by-play man, Chuck Cooperstein, has not seen a game in two years. Like, not, I'm talking about a road game. I mean, I get, they can be there for home games. But he's not been, like, at a road game. So this year they went over to the Eagle because my old station in Dallas uh, is basically kaput. I mean, they cumulus ran us into the ground. We won't get into all that. But, I mean, it's just embarrassing. I mean, here's... Mark Cuban, who apparently cares so much about his people and this and that. And part of this is NBA rules. Again, I don't know if other NBA teams are doing this or not with the whole COVID thing. But this year, they went over to the Eagle. And for some reason, they're having to use a different room. And for people that like listening to the Mavs games, and we don't run the Mavs games on ESPN Central Texas. I mean, you could argue whether or not we should or shouldn't. I I would because I love the NBA. Our program director does not like the NBA, and that's fine. I'm not talking out of school. I think he would tell everybody that. Um, I I love it. I can't get enough of the NBA. But it sounds horrible. Like they're literally, when they're on the road, they're in like an echoey room. And, I mean, I, I, I can't um, for a million years imagine how as a, like, sound – professional in this industry like you wouldn't take care of that like if john morris were calling a game from home he and pat they would figure out a way to like make it sound good like izetti or whoever would step in and and learfield img or whatever we call it now would uh, would take care of that and we got it we got an nba franchise run by mark mark cuban and and it doesn't sound good I mean, how is that? How in the world do you do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so, anyway, gives me uh, – I, I pre- so I appreciate the fact that uh, Derek and Sophia and all our play-by-play at John and his group see to it that, that our broadcasts sound really good. Now, part of that is Eminem Broadcasting. Part of that is uh, Learfield IMG. Part of that's just John doing a nice job. But, anyway, I, uh, I appreciate all that. And uh, – and just know that uh, that stuff that you know you you know I think our listeners and even I take it uh, take for granted. And by the way, uh, Aaron, you're one of the ones running this for the station, so you're part of the the thing too. But isn't that amazing, Aaron, to think that you got an NBA team with a with a large audience that wants to hear how they're doing in a major metropolitan area, top five media in the country, and you got a bad echo. Like, can you imagine that? Like, Aaron, if you 
if it sounded, if the Baylor game sounded echoey or something, we'd try to have that fixed within five minutes, wouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. I'd be on the phone with Tom and, and or the engineer, and we'd get it taken care of. Golly. Who's the engineer on those things usually, Aaron? Like who on, on um, like men's basketball for Baylor? Who's serving as our engineer usually? Well, usually uh, the first call is to IMG Learfield. Oh, okay. Because okay. they – I just – Yeah. Oh, that's – I know the TV – I know the um, longtime football guy – uh, who's kind of engineering that, and I'm not sure if he does the basketball or not. Anyway, all those folks do a good job. I, this was a roundabout way of sort of praising them. I know it doesn't always sound like that when I uh, when I go on these rants. But uh, anyway, uh, it is the Matt Mosley Show. Feels like the first show of the week, doesn't it, Aaron? Because we were off yesterday. Monday was MLK Day. A lot of people were on holiday. We weren't. But uh, it feels like, kind of weird it feels like a monday to me because we were off yesterday because the uh, baylor bears were playing at west virginia big show today uh pat nunley's going to join us at 420 pat's done a great job for so many years as a radio analyst and um uh, lawyer you know pat does it all very very smart guy and uh he and john have been doing this forever and uh, just does a tremendous job knows the game has kept up with the game over the years and uh, played for Coach Haller. It just has a great ties to the program. I love people with the athletic department that have institutional knowledge. That doesn't mean we have to hire everybody who went to Baylor, but it's important. There's some things that happen. Sometimes I'm like, well, the reason that happened is because so-and-so, you know, didn't understand the history of this. And uh, you never have to worry that with Pat and John. So Pat will join us at uh, – that's why I was happy when they hired Kevin Gall uh, in the athletic department because Kevin went to Baylor 2003, uh, graduate or somewhere around then, or maybe 2006. So he has a an understanding of things. So when I needed something this week, it was a very interesting request that I had from somebody. I just went to Kevin, and then Kevin knocked it out um, immediately. Interestingly enough, Aaron, the uh, <laughs> the request that came in involved Brett Favre. So I thought that was interesting this week. I, I Somebody just, one of my buddies that knows Brett Favre real well, uh, said, hey, Brett needs something to do with Baylor. Well, my first call was to uh, KG, Kevin Gall, director of strategy at Baylor, senior athletic, uh, senior vice president for strategy. I think he gets mad at me that I, I should have his title memorized by now, but it's like it's involves several different things. So I, I've still not committed it to memory, but he's very important. Let's just put it that way. Um, all right, uh, Aaron, hello to you, by the way. How, how are things going for you today? Everything other than during the 3 o'clock hour or right at the start of it, you know, having me ask many, <laughs> many different things of you. Uh, but other than that, is your day going by? Is it pretty smoothly? And did you uh, – did you get to watch, like, I guess you were running that Baylor game, if I had, or did you, were you able to watch and, and sort of take all that in, the Bears versus the Mountaineers yesterday? Um, yes, but I mostly listen. I, I'm used to listening to broadcasts on the radio, and I, I just, I honestly, I like it better sometimes. So, oh, well, okay. I listen to sure. Gian and Pat's call from, from Morgantown, which was good. Mr. Radio. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, Aaron's just like, uh, man, I don't, I prefer the uh, audio uh, medium rather than the visual. 
Aaron, at least have it on. I know you do most of oh, the time. Oh, I do. I'd, I'd like you to kind of. Now, there's also Aaron, a time you, difference, though. I know, but can you sync it up? Sometimes people can figure out how to like to sync up their TVs to the radio broadcast. Do you know how to do that, Aaron? You're kind of a, a good audio guy. Would you be able to figure that out? Like at home, it may be hard to do from the studio. Have you ever tried to do that? Like sync your TV up with the radio broadcast? Um, at the studio, it just depends on what the difference in time is. Yeah. At yeah, home, I There's can't. a way to. Oh, interesting. I figured you'd be able to. I'm going to send somebody over. <laughs> Mitch. Don't we send Mitch to do everything? I'm going to send Mitch over to get you synced up at the house. Um, hello, Mitch, if you're listening out there. Big fan of yours. I don't know if Mitch and I have ever had a conversation, but I just like the way the guy works. He just shows up, takes care of business, doesn't talk a lot, and just gets and just leaves. Like I just kind of wave at him and say, "Hey, Mitch," but the guy—he's a get it done kind of guy. He's not like a sit around and visit with a radio host kind of guy. And I like people like that. Although, I mean, I like having conversations with people up at work. But we have a lot of Debbie's a get it done kind of person. I mean, she's not wanting to visit with Mosley. She's just like, hey, get back there and do your job, and I'll do my job. And I'll make sure all these things are, you know, they run when they're supposed to. Keep the trains running on time. Um, It is the Matt Mosley Show alongside Aaron Sexton. We continue on this day. Who else do I have lined up today, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Five o'clock, we will have the Nikki Collins show. Now, tonight, sounds like I said Collins. It's Collins, C-O-L-L-E-N. And uh, we will, uh, it's, it's fun. to. I would rather talk to Nikki after a win. I mean, I don't mind. I've been spent mo- most of my career talking. I, mean, I covered the Cowboys. So I had a lot of experience talking to people after losses. <laughs> ah, okay, um, 5.20. So we'll have Nikki at five, and then Aaron, you have uh, uh, you've got some. We got some audio of Mike McCarthy's end of the year news conference today. That was happening right at about three o'clock. That's when I started like pinging Aaron. He's trying to run the the John Morris show, and I'm sending him all sorts of stuff. But we do have some audio from Mike McCarthy, who talked today at three o'clock and gave some sort of interesting answers. By the way, if you're still wondering about the end of that game the other day, he said that Dak did the right thing by giving that a receiver or a center can spot the football. Now you say, well, wait, wait, I thought the umpire, I thought the official had to touch the football. Well, that's true. But I guess what he's saying is if you if the center will run and put the ball on the correct spot, all the all – the, um, and that's weird that a center would know exactly where to spot the ball. I mean, that's not really his job. But that the umpire then runs in and can basically just put his hand on the ball, and then you're ready to go. Now, they, they he said that the Cowboys have a 13-second threshold on that play. 13 seconds. The Cowboys had 14 seconds to you know at the beginning of that play. And so what he's saying is that should have been enough time to get it done and for whatever reason bottom line is I don't think you want to put it in the hands of the officials if you think you can run two plays you know like a a sideline type route and then take a shot at the end zone that's what you need to do you can't you can't what you can't do is leave it in the officials hands or leave it in your players hands 
to get something done with 13 seconds left. Now, what did they do? Well, they ran a play. He said Dak probably should have gone down after 10 yards. Aaron, how many yards did Dak gain on that play? Would you say 15? 15 yards? That sounded about right. I'll have to look back at the play-by-play. Something close to that. Yeah. And he slides, so he's basically saying Dak. He also was saying something to the effect of of, uh, he had some interesting things to say in terms of, like, who's responsible for what. I thought in this uh, news conference, and I listened to the entire, like, 45 minutes. We'll play some of it for you today at 520. I thought his weakest moments were basically like, well, I don't mess with the offense coordinator when he's calling the play, basically kind of distancing from, I mean, you're the head coach. Uh, not only are you the head coach, you're the offensive, you know, you're a, you're a head coach with an offensive background. If you want something run or want to handle something differently, you know, you can jump in and interject yourself and overrule things. I thought today was more about, well, sorry, I hadn't really had a chance to talk to Kellen. Kellen's out interviewing for other jobs. He said that he had talked to Kellen for maybe 15 minutes after the season. So hasn't really gotten to get into it with him about, well, should we have gotten Tony Pollard more touches or C.D. Lamb more touches? Now, there's some audio, and I'll I'll read you later in the program perhaps some stuff that uh, Troy Aikman had to say on his weekly appearance with the ticket that was really damning of this O-coordinator and this head coach. Some stuff that Troy said about what he would have done uh, with CeeDee Lamb and what they would have done if it were he and Michael Irvin. And I, he tries not to say that kind of stuff a lot, but I think you'll be interested to hear his take on all this because he, in his mind, there was some single coverage and the Cowboys did not exploit that as they should have. So lots to get to today. It is the Matt Mosley Show. It is time to visit with the radio analyst for Baylor Radio, Baylor Men's Basketball for many, many years. Pat Nunley is his name. Calling games is what he does. We visit with him next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. The Arctic air is here, so heavy coats needed as mostly cloudy skies and blustery conditions continue tonight. Lows drop to 28 with wind chills in the teens and more of the same tomorrow. Mostly cloudy, windy and cold, a high of 38 with wind chills in the teens and a 20% chance of a wintry mix south of Waco. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Join us live from Rudy's in Waco for our next Baylor Coaches Show. Join us Thursday, January 20th, and hear from women's basketball coach Nikki Collin and men's head coach Scott Drew. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show from 6 to 7 p.m. live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with your host, John Morris, right here on your home for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. Central Texas horse enthusiasts find a large selection of saddles at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They feature new and used saddles from names like Billy Cook and Cactus. Plus, they have a large selection of children's saddles. Trade-ins are welcome and financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. 
you'll enjoy one-on-one customer service at the world's best Western store, Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. Your home for Baylor baseball is ESPN Central Texas. When you bought your home, it was a big and emotional investment. The last thing you want to discover is termites or any wood-destroying insect causing damage. At 855-BUGS, we understand the value of a safe home, and we want to protect you and your loved ones from all the pests that live in hidden places. Let us ensure your home is protected with a full inspection, preventative treatment, and a comprehensive ongoing treatment plan to stay ahead of termites and all pests. Visit 855-BUGS.com to learn more about our promise to protect your home and family. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Number five, Baylor got back on the winning track, beating West Virginia 77 to 68. Elsewhere in the Big 12, number 18, Texas Tech beat number 15, Iowa State 72 to 60. Number seven, Kansas over OU 67-64. And Kansas State beat number 23, Texas 66-65. Tonight in Big 12 play, TCU at Oklahoma State. Number 15, Baylor women will have their first conference game in the Farrell Center tonight, hosting Oklahoma State. Tip is at 7 o'clock, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Dallas Mavericks try to keep the hot hand tonight, hosting the Raptors. Mavs have won nine of the last ten games. Tip is at 7.30. Jason Hammond has resigned as Coppers Cove head football coach and athletic director after two years. The district has begun taking applications to fill those two positions. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Gives to Bonner on the left side. To Meyer, a three is good. Meyer falling down, top of the key, knocks down the triple. It's a 15-9 lead for the Bears, first down. There he was, uh, John Morris on uh, flagship ESPN Central Texas, calling the game in Morgantown. And uh, the man who we always love hearing from, Pat Nunley, uh, he and John have been doing this for many years together. Uh, Pat joining us now. That was... um, you know, it, this team rarely loses, and, and so the back-to-back, Pat, it felt like a 10-game losing streak. <laughs> I mean, mm, yeah. it, it just kind of had that uh, uh, lingering effect, whatever you want to say. So that road win, to me, was, um, boy, that it, it, in terms of regular season-type wins, that was the most important one in quite some time, in, in my opinion. You know, I agree with you, Matt. Um, I, I think the number is... Uh, no consecutive losses in three years. So that is certainly cause for alarm. But um, in this league, uh, you know, nothing surprises me anymore. Kansas State goes to Texas and wins there. I mean, so just brace yourself, I guess, for the for the race. But I, I thought last night was huge. I really do. I think the coaches felt that as well. I don't think there was any panic. Uh, the sky's not falling. Lost two to two really good teams. And we just had to figure out a way to go up into a hostile environment. West Virginia is as tough a place to win on the road as there is in the league. Uh, 
and uh, shorthanded, find a way to just make plays down the stretch, which they did. And it was a, I thought it was a courageous effort really because the odds were against them and the crowd was hostile and it was just nice to see them go with what they had and find a way to win. And that was a good way to get back on track. And if you think about it going into that game, Matt, that's probably the last place you'd want to be in the league to try to right the ship but they found a way and they did it. And it sure feels good to be four and two rather than three and three. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think uh, this conference is so interesting right now. Last year, Iowa state goes 0 and 18 K state really, really struggled. And now it's, it's back to being sort of top to bottom. uh, A, a really anybody can lose on any night kind of thing. And Pat, I don't have a great feel. Usually you can go, well, okay. I mean, I think before the season, people wanted to say either Kansas or Texas is the best team in the conference. Then Baylor spends all that time at number one. It's like, well, Baylor's the unquestioned team. You know, Kansas escaped Norman with a win, 67-64. Do you have a – isn't it really hard right now to have a feel for – like make a definitive statement Okay, I think this is the best team in the conference. I I don't really know how anyone could could make that statement right now. I sure can't. That's a good point, Matt. I I sure can't. And you know, we that's kind of what we do. It's it's um, coffee shop talk, and it's fun to do it. But I I don't think you know. I mean, you think about Kansas State, for example. They were winless, but they went to West Virginia and took seven players and one coach. That was it because of COVID. And so you really don't know much about K-State. We're starting to learn a little bit about K-State. And everybody is now thinking, oh, gosh, we got to go to Bramlage Coliseum, which is another really hard place to play. So I don't, I don't really know. I mean, when we were four games into the league, every team had a loss. And I cannot remember the last time that's happened. Uh, Kansas did what it does last night. It won a really close game on the road. And so I'm not even really going to go there. I I just don't know. There is so much basketball yet to be played in this league. It's a grind. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And so I think you take it one step at a time. You know, the mantra of the team, and it's not just a tagline, is one and oh, period. That's it. You don't think about standings. You don't think about seedings. It's it's almost kind of nice to have that undefeated streak ended. It's weird to say that, but I don't think they were thinking a whole lot about the streak. But now that they had those two losses, I think they've just been able to get refocused, get back to fundamentals, which is a bit of a work in process right now. Because I don't think this team defensively is the same team that we saw back in mid-December when they beat Villanova in a historic defensive effort. Got to get back to that. So they're less worried about standings, I think, and more worried about how we're going to get back mm-hmm. to the point, to the kind of play that allowed us to go 15-0 to start the season. I like that. I think that's, I think that's right uh, it, it, as far as like playing to the standards. why we, you know, when they came out of COVID last year, it didn't look right. Obviously, you know, some of us maybe were a little panicked, um, and then uh, but they got it right with, at the time they needed to get it right. 
So they yeah. have even more time this year to try to recapture whatever they, they might have lost. Pat Nunley joining us does a great job as a radio analyst for, for Baylor. Pat, what we just celebrated, didn't we? How many, how many games? It's, it's, it's always interesting to, to hear, like, oh, my gosh, this guy did – has done this many games or however many hundreds of games. Where 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 are you these days? Uh, you know, Matt, I don't know. Uh, I just <laughs> show up and do them. I will say, now, I, you know, math is not my strong suit. <laughs> this is 41 years. I, I started wow. in the 1981-82 season. I graduated in 80-81. And so I, yeah, I don't know, whatever that, whatever that number turns out to be, that's what it is. I think it is 41. So I don't know how many games. I, I have a real job, and so I can't make every single game. I'll miss two or three over the course of the year. Yeah. But um, it has sure been fun. It has been a ride. You know, yeah. John and I laugh about how we have seen it all. <laughs> and that is an, that's an understatement. But it sure is nice, Matt, to be where we are. I saw Seth Davis recently uh, call Baylor the, the best basketball program in the country for the last three years. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to imagine, but that's not me talking, John talking, Scott. That's Seth Davis, who covers college basketball for a living. So that really says it all, and it's a nice place to be after all these years. Yeah. Well, you you saw some of the great characters uh, in Southwest Conference history. You you played against them, and then you you played for Coach Howler. I mean, what a what an amazing when you look back on all those years. I as a kid, um, I mean, listening on the radio that would have been Frank Fallon, of course, and you yeah. and and I guess it was Mike Battle. I'm trying to think when Bauckham came along there were some players that I always you know what was great about listening to all those games on radio you sort of invented in your mind what guys look like now I would go to the SMU games because I, I grew up in the Dallas area and then I would see uh what, what was the what was the tiny guy's name Ronnie Blake yeah was the yeah I mean Ronnie but yeah, we have we have yeah. a text string of all of teammates <laughs> and Ronnie's on there I talked to him by text two or three times a week great yeah yeah that guy was unbelievable yeah (laughs) five six was that about right or was he even shorter than that that. that. (laughs) and you know what what a lot of people don't realize was (laughs) was a very very good high school quarterback at lufkin and they ran the veer and he was just he he was as a quarterback the same kind of player as he was as a point guard and a winner just a winner at five yeah. six, you better have something special, and he did. Yeah, I uh, I get to see you know Terry and and everybody who came back, David Wesley. I mean that the, the the after the championship that was just so cool to see. Boy, Terry still looks imposing. I mean, he had those big, he had some kind of like uh, those work boots on or something, and I was like, goodness yeah. gracious, nobody's <laughs> going to mess with Terry Teagle. Uh and it was just. Uh, that was so cool. I mean, it was like reliving my childhood to watch all those guys. Now, does anybody ever hear? I'm sure you get asked this all the time by people like me. Does anybody ever hear from Vinny? I mean, is he? I I just wondered if Vinny was enjoying all this because he's the one guy that that uh, even Coach Haller, I'm sure, has a little trouble getting a hold of from time to time. Would, do you feel like Vinny was enjoying all this when uh, when when uh, when we won the title? I think he was, Matt. I we we don't talk to him a lot. 
Um, but interesting, I mean, it's been a long time now, but when Baylor played Michigan in football up there, then he was, had just recently retired from the Pistons and we rang him up and said, we're coming up, uh, join us. Let's, let's go play golf or do something. And we did. And we had a terrific weekend and he went to the game with us and it was just, <laughs> it was just terrific. I mean, um, Vinny, I, I don't know where I saw this, but it's legitimate. You know, he did well in the NBA and he made some money. Yeah. That was back for crazy money. But when he left the Pistons, he started a company called Piston Packaging. And he has grown that, sold it, acquired this, acquired that. And the number I saw from a mutual friend was that Vinny is worth $300 million. That's Vinny Johnson. <laughs> and that's VJ. <laughs> he, he, um, he is savvy. He is street smart. He is a worker. He's tough. And he's a great yeah. guy. He, he really is a delightful guy. So I think he has a, a very soft spot in his heart for Baylor. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd like to see him more, but he's working. He's working all the time and good for him. He's probably worried, like some people who do extremely well. You know, they may ask him for some money <laughs> if he shows yeah. up. Can oh. you imagine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. like, oh, I'm, uh, we'd I'm like sure to. He's on that list. <laughs> I, I'm that's sure right. that ask has been made, and uh, <laughs> that's just not in my job description. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, talking to uh, Pat Nunley, former Baylor. Uh, uh, star it played with uh, Vinny and then played with Terry and that whole gang back then. Those names that come back to my mind, you know, Shakir. Those were like names: Gallardo, um, uh, Stern, James Stern from Waxahachie. Those were like mythical people to me. Like I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any clue what they look like or anything. I just those were names that were like, and some of those guys probably averaged like five or six points a game. You know, they weren't – you and Terry averaged the most. and uh, But those guys were supporting-type roles. But uh, but I'm sure, again, like those guys meant a lot to you. I But as a kid, again, it's just like, I wonder what this guy's like. Or I wonder what battle's like. Some reason I thought battle – maybe I made this up – had like a, a large afro. Was that – would that he have did. been correct back then? Okay. Yeah, and yeah. that was the rule rather than the exception back in those days. <laughs> so we never knew really how tall Mike Battle was because with his afro, he's probably six seven. I think I think you know just standing in his socks, he was probably six four, six five. But jump out of the gym, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it—a leaper. Um, so yeah, those those were those were great guys, and and we have all for the most part stayed in touch. In fact, Matt. When the the team sponsored the um, the national championship parade, we all got together and had dinner after the parade. Yeah. And so I, I'm thinking to myself, after the national championship, can this get any better? Well, it got a little better. And it was a gift from Baylor basketball to get all those guys back in. And it mm -hmm. was really nice. Now, you know, we're all – we've got grandkids now, and we have time. And so, in fact, right now, Charlie Jackson and I – are working on a weekend where we can get everybody together, go see a game, and then just hang out. Yeah. Well, just know, when I hear those seal stats, and I bet it jabs you a little bit, too, they love to put that stat. And, again, we love what Scott's done. But, they, but they'll but they put one of those stats up there like, 
only whatever twice they were ranked in the previous. Well, first of all, rankings were done differently, and Baylor had some unbelievable players through the years. So I kind of that always bu- bugs me a little bit that they sort of take a poke at the past to promote. I mean, yeah. it's good enough what we're experiencing without the little, you know, Baylor never did this before whenever Scott arrived. So, anyway, you don't have to comment on that. Just know that it bugs me. <laughs> uh, uh, talk, talking to Pat Nunley, who does the games for Baylor, has for uh, so many years. What do you think, when, when I ask you, who's the best pure shooter on this team? It's not an easy answer, I know, because you've got some really good shooters. But you could make an argument that Cryer – his form and and just his ability to his spot up shoot and obviously he was shooting off his wrong foot yesterday and making some big shots. Yeah. It, it, could you make the argument that Cryer might be one of the best pure shooters in this conference right now? Absolutely. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Cryer and Flagler play a game of horse, and I'm sure, I'm sure they have. But Cryer averaged level 34 points a game i think he is number five on the list of all-time scores in texas as a high school player so he knows how to score and he knows how to shoot it and we saw a good look of that last night at 25 shooting lights out and again i don't i don't that's not an aberration he can really stroke it and i i like him as a player i think the challenge for him when he arrived on campus was to understand how important defense is at this level and in this league. And what he had the luxury of doing last year was playing against the three best guards in college basketball. And he got better. And I think what he also learned was to be at that level, you have to defend because each of those three guards were elite defenders. I mean, what Davion did speaks for itself, but Jared and Maceo both, could really guard. And I think, well, I know LJ has bought into that. You can see it. He's a better defender, but man, can he score and can he shoot it? <laughs> he, he is, he wants the ball and he loves playing with a Kenjo because he knows where to go. Kenjo knows where he's, where he's going. And so the more LJ can catch and shoot, the better shooter he is. I mean, that applies to everybody. But when he's getting good looks, he is deadly. And we're going to see a lot more of him as the season progresses. All right. Well, I uh, it's fun to get to uh, talk to you. I think you're right. And next time we talk, I want to ask you about Kendall because, I, I, to me, obviously he's got tremendous, tremendous talent. He's getting lost sometimes, and I don't know yes. what that's a product of. Uh, he just goes long stretches without really touching the ball, and then maybe even when he does, doesn't ex- totally know – what to do with it, and and you do want to see, and honestly, pre-conference, he was scoring and, and doing a lot of that, so I, I don't exactly know what's going on with him. I saw a high school game last night, Pat, by the way. you got to keep yep. your eye on this mm-hmm. kid. There's a sophomore, Lake Highlands, played Richardson. Richardson has two yes. players. One's going to Alabama, and one's going to Kentucky. Cal Perry was at the game. This kid yeah. is okay. this this kid for uh, Lake Highlands is named Trey Johnson. He's the number three sophomore in the country. Okay, he scored thirty seven last night in a losing mm-hmm. effort. They they came all the way back. It was an incredible game. His dad Richard Johnson played for Baylor 
in the 90s at some point, just a little bit. And he, I think he transferred mm-hmm. somewhere else. But anyway, you've got to keep your eye. If you ever can slip up, I know you love to watch high school as well. well and you've also you got bet. another job. But, man, is there anything better than, than a packed high school gymnasium when you got about three or four D1 kids on the court? I don't, I don't know if there is anything better. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. There's not, Matt. And really, I, I'm I'm an old school guy. I like high school basketball. I'm not an AAU guy. Now, I understand that's where it's at. Yeah. And uh, you know, college coaches can go and watch an AAU tournament and, and just get a wider universe of prospects. But when you say Lake Highlands and Richardson play, that's my thing. I, I love high school basketball. You're playing for a championship. And you, you get glimpses of some of the best in the country but i i like the guys that are just playing because they love it and yeah. there is something special about that so i i do miss that and i get the aau thing i, I it's important i mean it's really important obviously but the 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 purist i think really enjoys high school basketball and i'm i'm an old school purist no doubt all right, so on that stat I was mentioning earlier, what I'm going to have them start doing is mentioning that Jim had to, Coach Aller had to go up against Abe Lemons, Shelby Metcalf, Guy V. Lewis, and Eddie Sutton. <laughs> yes. I'm going to, I'm going to have yeah. them include that every time they say Baylor was only ranked twice or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, let me, let me add to that, Matt. And I, I love Jim. I was at his first recruiting class, and we've been dear friends forever. Jim was the 1981 Southwest Conference Coach of the Year in a league filled with those coaches you just described. So that's, that's pretty important. I mean, that's significant and that's not easy to do. So yeah. I don't, you know, I, I love where we are and, and part of where we are now is what it took to get us here. And, and, you know, when I played, I thought we were, we were good. We finished second in the league and that back in those days, the NCAA tournament was 36 teams. And so the NIT was a really big deal because you, yeah. you got, teams that today would be NCAA tournament teams playing in that thing. So again, it, it, it was, a, it was a wonderful time as a great league. I mean, wow. Uh, it's a different game now completely, but the quality of coaches and players back at the old Southwest conference in those days <laughs> was very, very high. Yeah. And, and my dad would take me over to, uh, uh, you know, the Hyatt, uh, over at Union yeah. Arena, and 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 yeah. so you could just sit there and watch Joe Klein and Akeem, uh, and and Mr. Mean, Mishaw, and and Rob, and all those guys, Clyde, and I mean, it, it, you talk about mythical, whatever. I mean, I'm a, I'm a whatever I was at that point. I'm seven years old. My eyes are not just because of my glasses. My eyes are big as saucers. And, and those are the people you were playing against. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. It's sort of amazing. Yeah. You know, when I was a senior, uh, Five Slam Jamma was just getting going. Those guys are a little younger than me. And I remember one game, we're warming up. There's a guy standing on the sidelines. And this guy looks like he's cut out of the side of a mountain. He's seven foot one, seven foot, and had a 32-inch waist. And his name was Akeem Olajuwon. <laughs> and that's what was coming. And I kind of thought, good thing I'm moving on out of here because this is going to be a different breed of cat. And that's where – so add him to that mix of guys you just talked about. Yeah. That's Fai Slam and Jamma. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And then the guy we basically got, we never were able to find again. I think they found him somewhere, Benny Anders. <laughs> they, they did a whole yeah. documentary on trying to find Benny Anders. And I think they found him finally. You know, he just disappeared off the face of the earth. And they found him like 30 years later or something. Oh, my oh, gosh. That's an offense. <laughs> offense. That was Benny Anders. Fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. been some great yeah. players in this league for the years. Yeah, it was so oh, much. Oh my fun. gosh. Yeah. Well, you're still doing a great job, Pat. Love it, and you and John uh, continued success, and, and appreciate you you jumping on with us today. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. There he goes, Pat Nunley, the uh, radio analyst for the Baylor Bears since uh, golly, what did he say, eighty one, eighty two season or eighty eighty one? That's crazy. Um, I mean, that's when he was finishing up. They put like a 22-year-old guy on as the analyst with Frank Fallon. That's unbelievable. I mean, the guy was probably go, trying to go to law school and then doing the Baylor games on the side. Um, all right, great great stuff there from Pat. Remember, Nikki Collins' show coming up, or the Nikki Collins' weekly appearance with us, I should say, uh, at 5 o'clock. And, uh, but next, we've got Campus Confidential. What does Aaron Sexton have on tap for us? That's next. Nikki Collin and Baylor women's basketball all season long on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women back home in the Farrell Center this Wednesday hosting Oklahoma State. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Wednesday. Join Sophia Young-Malcolm and the voice of Baylor women's basketball, Derek Smith, all season long here on the home of the Bears. ESPN Central Texas. Tickets and sponsorships are now available for the 2022 Texas Sports Hall of Fame Induction Banquet presented by Texas Farm Bureau. The class of 2022 includes Bob Beeman, Chris Bosch, Robert Griffin III, Tony Parker, Carly Patterson, Mike Renfro, Susie Snyder-Eppers, Michael Strahan, and Stacey Sakura. Meet this year's inductee class on Saturday, March 12th in the base at Extraco Event Center in Waco. To purchase tickets, please visit tshof.org or call 254-756-1633. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe, ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. Keep up with Baylor softball on ESPN Central Texas. When it comes to me and my money, I know the way it should be. I need a partner I can count on. That's Jen Coe and me. Jen Coe is my credit union. They're always there for me. They're people I trust. They treat me like family. My money, my Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House is one of Waco's longest, continuous, family-owned barbecue restaurants. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's has been offering delicious ribs, made-from-scratch sides, the famous Texas tater, and prime beef brisket. Convenient drive through windows and sit-down dining allow customers to be served in whichever way they desire. Uncle Dan's is proud to serve Central Texas Monday through Saturday with locations in Waco and Hewitt. Come visit the loyal staff at Uncle Dan's today and experience their rich history and family recipes.
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Number five, Baylor got back on the winning track, beating West Virginia 77 to 68. Elsewhere in the Big 12, number 18, Texas Tech beat number 15, Iowa State 72 to 60. Number seven, Kansas over OU 67-64. And Kansas State beat number 23, Texas 66-65. Tonight in Big 12 play, TCU at Oklahoma State. Number 15, Baylor women will have their first conference game in the Farrell Center tonight hosting Oklahoma State. Tip is at 7 o'clock and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Dallas Mavericks try to keep the hot hand tonight hosting the Raptors. Mavs have won nine of the last ten games. Tip is at 7.30. Jason Hammond has resigned as Coppers Cove head football coach and athletic director after two years. The district has begun taking applications to fill those two positions. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. Well, it is uh, a pleasure to be with you on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Uh, a lot of We got the Nikki Collin, uh, her weekly appearance, Baylor women's basketball coach, coming up at 5 o'clock. And uh, she's got a lot to say. They had a big win. And then, again, they're going tonight. So you can hear that right here on ESPN Central Texas. Pre-game at 6.30, tip at 7, and uh, Oklahoma State uh, uh, women are coming into town. So, the Pokes, and we'll see what uh, see how that is because they had a great player last year, and, and one of their really good players is on the Baylor team now, uh, Jamie Asbury. So, that'll be kind of interesting to, to uh, chart that. But uh, it's a big game. I mean, Oklahoma State's a good program, and uh, we need folks to get out there and support the uh, the women the because uh, students are back in school, all of that. So students, if you're hearing me, we do have some students that listen. You go, oh Mosley, come on, the students don't listen to you. They actually do. We've gotten to know a few of them over the years. Uh, they listen to our show, so we appreciate that. Get out there tonight, support Nikki and the program, Melissa Queen Egbo, uh, the great uh, Sarah Andrews who put up uh, 25 the other day, and that was uh, I think that was Asbury put up 20. That's a really good three-point shooting the other day. All right, it is time for Campus Confidential. Aaron, what do you have on tap for us today? Baylor head football coach Dave Aranda has been selected the George Munger Coach of the Year, announced today by the Maxwell Football Club. Aranda coming off a year where he led the Bears to the school's first 12-win season, ending with the 21-7 Sugar Bowl victory over Ole Miss. It was the first New Year's Day Bowl win for Baylor since 1956. And Baylor earned its highest final ranking in program history. Aranda is the first Baylor head coach to win the George Munger Coach of the Year Award. He'll be honored at the 85th Maxwell Football Club National Awards Gala Friday, March 18th, 2022, held at the Harris Resort in Atlantic City, New Jersey. A well-deserved honor for Coach Aranda. Don't you feel like we should be there at that resort? Tell me when that is again, Aaron. I'm a... I may see if Eminem uh, Broadcasting, uh, our, our uh, overlords, will send us to that ceremony. I really think we need to be there for that. Can you tell me again when that's going to be held? I agree. I think we should. It's going to be March 18th at Harris Resort yeah. in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Spring break in Atlantic City. I love it. I love it. This is what I, I tweeted about this. Aaron, I don't know if you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, <laughs> the uh, – the, um, but the coach of the year, at one point, used to be about, hey, 
people that get things done, it, it wasn't just like whoever won the national <laughs> title or, oh, Luke Fickle won a bunch of games. Well, he, in the conference that he's in, everybody thought they were going to win all their games. And they just wondered if they were going to get into the, the uh, playoff, and they did. Okay? Well, we're happy for Luke Fickle. But what Aranda did is borderline miraculous. People, people maybe don't like the miracle-type word in that, but he was awesome. He was incredible. Went from two wins to 12 wins. So thank you for whoever this is. George Munger, you say? George, who's this? Munger? It's the What's George it? Munger Coach of the Year Award. It's the Maxwell Football Club. You know, yeah, they I give love, out the Maxwell yeah. Trophy for Player of the yeah. Year. Yeah, I'm a big Maxwell guy. Uh, like to, I need to look up Munger, see what George – if I had to guess, let's see, who was George Munger? I bet he coached at, like, Georgia Tech or somewhere like that. I bet, I bet, I bet it was, like, turn-of-the-century type stuff. I'm going to look that up during the break. George Munger. There's a Munger Avenue in Dallas. I don't think that's named after that George Munger. I'm going to take a peek at that. But uh, I'm very pleased about that. Now, you might say, well, Mosley, why don't you get a rando on and talk to him about that? I made the request. I made the request. And um, knowing that that's just not what Dave does, Dave's going to visit with us, I think, in spring. Sometime around spring football, we will hear from Dave Aranda. The man just does not do a lot of media. And you know what? Uh, when you go out and win a Big 12 title, you do whatever you want. Not much I can say. Do I wish Dave Aranda did more media? Yeah. You know why? Because I'm selfish. Also, because I think he's good at it. I think he's really good at it. But um, it's different. It's two different programs. I mean, the same guy's doing the PR for football and basketball. Basketball's got tons of media availability. The coaches talk all the time. Dave just doesn't. He does once a week. He talks after the game. He talks on Mondays. And that's it. That just really does not talk in the offseason. That's his prerogative, and he does a great job. So I'm not going to say much. But I uh, sounds like I am saying a lot. I would say congrats to the big man, though. That's awesome. Dave Aranda, Coach of the Year. I just want Dave to know that I did try to get him on to talk about it. And I'm sure the – I'm sure David Kay lets him know that. I don't, I don't really know if that's really important to Dave Aranda to know that Mosley put in for him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know Probably if that's not. the most important thing in his life. But um, anyway, we did. We'd love to have Coach Aranda on, but that's fine. That's fine. We get him every other week during the season, and that's not bad. That's not bad. I just don't like sharing people, especially with, like some kind of Internet operation. All right, um, Aaron, what else do you have on your plate? Quickly about uh, George Munger. He was the head coach of the Penn Quakers between 1938, from 1938 to 1953, and inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1976. He had an overall record of 82, 42, and 10. So that's who the award is named after. The Penn Quakers. Golly, man, that's uh, Ivy League stuff right there. It is. Guy, guy had a good run there at Penn. Okay. 1938-53. Man, you know, those old-timey coaches, and then it even lasted into the 70s, they would they would burn brilliantly, and then they would kind of move on about their lives. They didn't, they didn't always coach forever like they do now. If you look at, like, some of the old Baylor coaches, the old TCU coaches, they would have great runs, and then they'd be out. I mean, I guess they'd just retire. I don't know. Maybe they found something else better to do. But they it was rare to have the Bear Bryant or the, uh, you know, Coach Eddie Robinson 
that would just coach forever, or Paterno that would coach for 40 or 50 years, the, the Tafts of the world who just coached and coached. Well, most of us wanted Taft to keep coaching, but we had some brainiacs, some of our, our local Albert Einsteins thought, oh, let's make Chuck Reedy the head coach. How'd that work out, guys? <laughs> Golly. Jeez. All right, Aaron, what, uh, what else do you have on the agenda? Former TCU head football coach Gary Patterson is set to join Steve Sarkeesian's staff with the Texas Longhorns in an off-field role as special assistant. Sources confirmed to ESPN today. Patterson was spotted at a basketball game last night wearing a Longhorn shirt and talking with University of Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte, who worked with Patterson as TCU's athletic director before taking the Texas job. Patterson beat Texas six out of seven years before the Longhorns won this year, 32-27. to Horns247.com, the first to report Patterson's hiring. So your buddy, Gary Patterson, is going to be yeah. a, a special assistant at the University of Texas helping out Coach Sarkeesian. I guess this is not fully recognized. All these reports have been out there because I can't, you know, he has said once it becomes official, he's going to be on with us. Now the problem will be, It'll become official, and then what happens, Aaron? Well, then, you know, when he was at TCU, he didn't go through any PR people. When he wanted to come on with me, he just came on with me. I fear that he may defer to John Bianco and the PR people at Texas. Now, you say, Mosley, be nice to PR people. I love PR. David Kay does a great job. Um, my man, uh, Krista Pirtle, does a, a, a tremendous job on the women's program. Madeline. Loving what she's doing. Um, I mean, my man Kyle Robards, I'm still mad that he's gone because he was one of my favorites. So love the PR folks. But I like I like it when a coach just says, you know what, I don't I'm just gonna come on with you, Mosley. And I fear that he'll he'll have to go through the powers that be, the proper channels at UT. Now, they said one of the first things he's gonna do, Aaron, is he's gonna make sure none of the None of the assistants are, are have anything to do with exotic dancers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Aaron, what else do you have before we get to the Nikki Collins show? Actually, or the Nikki I keep saying that. I'm not allowed to say that. It's Nikki Collins' weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley show. I think there's I think we could all be fired if I say it the wrong way. All right, Aaron. So edit out whatever I just said. It's the it's Nikki Collins' weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley Show. All right. Yeah, we All probably right, need to go ahead and get to Coach Collins. Oh, my gosh. Aaron got real serious on me. Aaron, we got that one thing. Let's come back to it at some point. Remember that one thing that happened, like, with the two divisions of the Big 12? Let's, let's remember that one. Yeah, I stood, that was my next story. I just don't have time to get into it this session. Oh, Aaron, you in time. Let's not be so worried about that. All right, I I agree with you, though. We got the Nikki Collin. People are waiting for her at 5 o'clock. Precisely every Tuesday this happens. But today it's Wednesday because of the whole we were off yesterday for for a Baylor game. So anyway, Nikki Collin's weekly appearance is next. Baylor Bear Basketball with Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. The Bears stay on the road in Big 12 play, headed to Norman to take on OU this Saturday. 1.30 for the countdown to tip-off, 2 p.m. tip-off Saturday. Baylor Men's Basketball, all season long. 
here on the home of the defending Big 12 and national champions, ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for The Naked Truck, the ongoing saga of the battle to end truck nudity, presented by Pickup Outfitters. In this episode, we find Amanda and Brad on a date. Oh, Amanda, will you... Brad, I'm sorry. I just can't go out with you in this truck anymore. It's just so bare. You have nothing on this truck. But I have these subs that I bought online. Online? Really? Subwoofers are just a way for a man to make up for his lack of equipment. I am going out with Justin. Oh, I know why. It's not just because he has a big dually. It's not the size of the truck that matters. You have tunes that give me a headache. Justin has running boards and a hitch to pull his boat. That's just because he goes to pick up outfitters. Maybe you should take a lesson, Brad. Will Amanda and Justin find happiness? Will Brad go to pick up outfitters? Tune in again to The Naked Truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters, 220 Lake Ear Drive in Waco. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Cold weather is here and so is time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unisil windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Call Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate at 254-301-7760 or check them out on the web at UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. When it comes to banking, you deserve the first. You deserve the first National Bank of Central Texas. Locally owned for over 100 years, we know this community inside and out. We are a bank on your side, and when you bank with the first, you'll have a banker by your side. Want to find out more? Check out bankingfirst.com or come by and see us at any of our six locations. That's the first National Bank of Central Texas. You deserve the first. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Homestyle Designs is your local, residential, and commercial kitchen and bath contractor. Whether you're building a new home, remodeling your home, designing your kitchen or bathroom, or wanting granite countertops and custom cabinets. Homestyle Designs can make your functional yet stylish dreams come true. Call them at 254-339-8315 or visit their Facebook page to start your design today. Home Design, with family in mind. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. Presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Myatt Fuels, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. This is Matt Mosley's show. ESPN Central Texas, joined right now by uh, Coach Dickie Collin. Baylor women's basketball 
And Nikki, let me start out by uh, congratulating you. First Big 12 win. And uh, it was uh, never a doubt, right? <laughs> it was, that was, yeah, uh... never a doubt. Exactly. <laughs> exactly Some, uh... the way I would describe it. <laughs> Some, uh, I mean, uh, a lot of these games this year have been nip and tuck and have gone either way. And, um, and this is uh, uh, Kansas is a team, very you know, improving team. Uh, has been uh, uh, on the verge now for a while of being ranked, and they had a big win here recently. Uh, that's a story place where you're playing. You're, you're, you've got all sorts of, uh, you know, coming out of COVID, all of that. I mean, I, this is uh, – what, what did it feel like, not only just for the team, but let's talk about you personally. What was the uh, – to get that first Big 12 win, was it a feeling, like a huge feeling of relief? What was the, uh, what was the feeling like at the end of that one? Yeah, I think probably both um, excitement, relief. Um, I think you know, like we we uh, found found victory. You know, we found a way to make winning plays late. Like it, it just you know would have been easy to have that feeling of oh boy, here we go again. You know, uh-huh. because that's that's so common. Like all right, we've had a lead. Uh, now they take the lead. Um, wow, now we have a chance to tie it up. We don't. Now it's a two possession game. You know, it just it's. Um, you know, you can, you can get in that mental state. Um, so just, just incredibly proud of our group for, for fighting through that. You know, I said it in an interview earlier, I said, like, we, we, we really did, um, drop a really good play when we were down three and executed it incredibly well. Um, Sarah set a great, or, uh, Liz set a great screen, Sarah attacked the rim, threw it cross court, uh, to Jamie for a wide open three, Queen set a screen on the backside. We get an open look from three from Jamie. She misses and Liz can't pull the rebound in, and so it's like, oh, you know. Yeah. And and then and then you get down four and you have a broken play that leads to a three, you know. But it gives you that it gives you that little juice, like okay, one way or the other. Even if we have to foul now, we have time. You know, we have time. This thing isn't over. And so I think you know we just we kept our heads, and so I'm just really proud of our our players' resiliency. You know, kind of in that that moment that we talked a lot about in watching film from the OU game, like here was a chance for us to make a winning play. And we didn't, whether it was a turnover or a defensive stop or a defensive rebound, you know, those type of things, like we're going to have to make winning plays, you know, and, and, you know, I think we've got to take it from sur- survival mode to wanting to thrive. Yeah. And talking to Nikki Collin coming off that uh, big 82 79 win over the uh, Kansas Jayhawks and the, um, that, that what you talked about that's interesting um and we were all kind of watching um I say all of us I I was uh, in the Cowboys press box getting ready for that tussle you saw what happened there it yeah. was uh it was watching uh watching uh Baylor and, and seeing what you were up to and uh, that that was quite a moment that like you say that play ball you know sometimes you it's almost like you deserve it, uh, whatever the saying is, ball don't lie, whatever. Uh, right, the ball right. bounces out, and you hit the uh, – and, and, and you get the three. I mean, what a what a moment that was. And then it just kind of – I think you're right. It, it seemed like that that took the pressure off. Okay, it's like we're in we're within one. This is very doable now. And, uh, and then it was kind of a feeding frenzy from that time on. I mean, that was a – that was a really interesting last 25 seconds of that game because it went, I mean, that's, and I guess that's how basketball goes sometimes, but Nikki, that's, that's pretty, you know, it's pretty wild to just see it in 25 seconds go from, you know, okay, this thing, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to be down able to do here. Up three. Yeah, that's a pretty good seven <laughs> yeah, point swing. Seven right point there, swing. You know? 
<laughs> yeah, I, that's uh, that's pretty. That's a pretty. I mean, it's maddening in some ways, but it's gonna be just a fun. What was the uh, what was the post game uh, locker room like after that? Just, I, I think you know, pretty euphoric. I mean, I, I think um, you know there was obviously there. There's been a, a time where like, oh, that's just you, you go to Kansas and you just win. You know, like it's not. Um, but Kansas has been good, and you know, I mean, I was talking to Jeremy Hefner, our strength coach, who's been around here a while now. And he said, Coach, I'm just going to tell you, I know I'm not a basketball coach, he said, but I've been going to these games for years. Um, and he's like, these teams we're playing right now are just better. OU is better than they've been. Kansas is better than they've ever been. Kansas State was better. You know, like, this league's a lot better than people give it credit, you know? And so, um, you know, this, this, this is, that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. Um, we certainly don't change our expectations, but – you know, I mean, I don't know if people are like, oh, okay, well, a win at Kansas, oh, so be it. Like, that was a good win. They've mm-hmm. played well this year. They've played well against good teams, even in their losses. And so, you know, I, I think in some ways it's just the game is so mental. So when you get over the hump and you see that your score is on the right side of the scoreboard, you know, it's just it gives you a little more juice for the next practice. It gives you a little more juice for the next yeah. game. And, you know, it's, it, it's a moment that should give our guys confidence because, we probably needed to have a game that list struggled and we win. Yeah. You know, because, because now they know, like I, I we don't, we're going to rely on her because she's that good, you know? And, but at the same time, you know, just because she struggles, which every player does in sport at some point, you know, we, we have, we have complimentary players around her that can carry the weight, you know? And, and I think that, if people are like, oh, are you surprised, you know, by how those guys shot the basketball? And I'm like, no, I'm not surprised. It's what I see every day. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I'm really not going to be surprised is when Jordan, Jamie and Sarah are making shots, you know. And so, you know, to, to think that we went on the road in the Big 12 with an 0-2 record and had Melissa Smith go six for 22 and Jordan Lewis go 0 for seven. Like and we won. You know, that, that <laughs> has to be a good moment where we realize that, you know, the, the sum of the parts are greater than the individual parts. I think that's right. I mean, I, you know, you've got the, arguably the best player in the country, and, and you don't want to get that mindset into, oh, gosh, you know, she's off. What do we do? And, right. and Sarah ends up with 25 in that game. You know, Asbury, who's had some shooting issues this year, uh, you know, I mean, you all hit, what, 14 out of 29 threes. I mean, this is a little bit more, Nikki, I think what we – what, what you were sort of talking about and getting us ready for was, hey, we're trying to get some a lot. We're going to shoot the three. We're going to get some open looks. And, and honestly, he's hadn't hit a lot of them this year. And to see a game where they started going down, I think, has to be great for everybody. Now, specifically, I wanted to ask about Sarah because we know, you know, and you've shown a lot of confidence in your guards and said, hey, I wouldn't trade these guys for anybody. But she quite honestly, has not been scoring a lot. She'll have a game here or there, but it's just not it, – it wasn't really happening. The assists weren't there, the points. Like, did was this a mentality that she had going into this game, or was this like hit a couple of shots, confidence starts to grow in a game, walk me through how you go from like four or five points and then, and then you have a 25-point, you know, breakout-type game? You know, I, I'd say it's the latter of the two. Um you know, I mean, I think, you know, knowing that, you know, she didn't have, she had a few free throws against Oklahoma, but didn't have a basket. And we, we were encouraging her to be more aggressive. 
Um, you know, sometimes it's what is the defense giving you? And, you know, early, part of why Kansas has been so successful this year, their defense is good. I mean, they, they're, they have really good help side. The lane is congested. And so making the skip pass, playing to the two-on-one, we, we had 24 assists um, and 10 turnovers. You know, that is good basketball. And so if we're moving the ball and we're sharing the ball and we're talking to our players about, hey, on every possession that we've had at least three passes, you know, we, we, this is what we're shooting versus one pass shot. You know, like we, we're better against their defense when, they, when we move the ball side to side because of how they load up, um, you know, uh, to the ball side and their good help side and the congestion they were showing in the lane on, on Melissa. And so, you know, I, I think it's, you know, do, do I anticipate that we'll shoot 29 threes every game? No, but I want to be able to shoot those threes if that's what the defense is giving us because I believe yeah. we can make a large percentage of them. You know, and, and I and so that that was it. But it was probably our guards best game at really attacking closeouts. So we would get the reversal pass. We would attack the closeout to the next action and then maybe make one more to a shot. And so, you know, Sarah got hot enough that she took a couple that, you know, she probably wouldn't take if yeah. she's not hot. Not not like heat check type, but at the same time, you know, arguably kind of someone closing down on her. Um but, you know, I mean, it, it's some of that. Some of it is just we, we, need, we need more of that from her. We don't need her to go get 25. But the fact that, you know, she had six assists and one turnover, and then, you know, she said all she could think about, ironically, at the end of the Oklahoma game, we were down three and they missed. Or maybe we were down two and they missed. And it was kind of a long rebound. And Sarah didn't go after it. You know, like, it wasn't going to be an easy play, but it was kind of one of those opportunities to make a winning play. And she's yeah. like, that's all she could think of, you know, on the possession where Jordan missed it. And then she came up with the offensive rebound and, and kicked it out, you know, for the three. It was like, I got to go get the ball. I got to go get the ball, you know. And so we had a number of those winning plays, those 50-50 balls. And, yeah. you know, that, that we just didn't get against Oklahoma, you know, and, and really challenging them that possessions matter, you know. I mean, in a game where we didn't take care of the basketball, especially take care of the basketball late, to play against arguably a better defensive team, in Kansas and to, to really take care of the ball um, was important because I don't think there's any reason we should be a high turnover team. We put three point cards on the floor a lot of the time, you know, and so yeah. have multiple ball handlers, you know, and so because of that, you know, you just, you expect the turnovers to, to be low when it comes to how we play. Yeah. And, and you've said it yourself when queen decides she wants to go at, at, at a, you know, defend and rebound and, and, and put the ball back in things like that. Uh, she even hit a jump shot in, you know, in this game, um, you know, in the second half, she made two of them actually. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She'll be I the mean, first to tell you too. In case you ask, <laughs> you <know? laughs> I just, I, I was watching some of the highlights and, and there's just something with her energy even, like what that does for her. Like I was watching her kind of celebrate or maybe at the end of the game approach one of her teammates and all. And she's, I, I don't know if effervescent, effervescent is the word or whatever. I mean, there's just something about her. It's like, wait, if she's got that energy, this is a different team. And I'm not the first to say that. You've been, oh, you've no. been saying that, it's, you know. No, it's, 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 as, it's as simple as like sense of urgency, you know. Like right. there's right. no question being as likable. Um, yes. she can be the life of the party off the court. Like she's, she's, she's got an infectious smile. Um, you know, but yeah, she, in, you know, in this game, honestly, she missed the two practices before that game, um, with like a stomach bug. And so we didn't, you know, she was kind of a game time decision and the game started and I had to take her out a couple minutes in cause she just wasn't running and wasn't, you know, 
Caitlin came in, immediately got a rim run layup, you know, gave yeah. him some energy. And then when, when Queen went back in, she was like a different player, you know, and she got a rim run layup and she got, you know, we posted her up and then she made a jump shot. And so, you know, I think it's, it's, it's the consistency, the sense of urgency um, that it matters the first minute of the game as much as it does the last minute. Mm-hmm. And that it, we may not need it to come down to the last minute <laughs> if we play with the sense of urgency from the first minute. Um, so, you know, we, we certainly have a lot of areas that still keep getting better in. Um, but I think, you know, just like anything, when there's, when there's reward at the end um, and there's that feel-good moment and the endorphins kick in, yeah. you know, and you, and you get a win, it, it makes it so much easier the next day to grind through a practice, you know, after you've played 35 minutes. You know, it makes it easier yeah. for you to grind through a practice. You know, all of that. Like, that's just it's, – it's the mental part of the game and how closely it's tied to the physical. Yeah. Talking to Nikki Collin, Baylor women's coach, Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it last night. We sometimes were like, gosh, why aren't they hitting threes? Or why isn't this team hitting threes? And I looked, and one of the best players in the world right now, Luka Doncic, he was 0 for 6 last night from three. And so I was like, well, it doesn't seem like he's hitting a lot of threes. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's shooting it well from out there. Let me look this up, see what he's shooting. He's shooting 29% from three. And like, we think <laughs> yep. of him as an elite a great shooter. I mean, that's what he's supposed to be. And he's just not, he's not doing it. So it's, um, you know, I'm talking about the greatest players in the world go through slumps and struggles and all that kind of stuff and generally come out on the other side. So anyway, that just popped into my head because I was looking at that last night. All right, real quick, the, um, uh, the Oklahoma State comes in. I mean, it must feel like you, it's been like a, what, a month since you played at the Ferrell Center? You got to have to get yeah, to know I mean, the place a little bit. we played one time in the last six weeks. So yeah, it, it is like a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, Oklahoma State, what do you – I kind of had a better feel for what they had last year because they had like a uh, a big-time uh, yeah, rebounder and a post player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, uh, what, are you, what, are, what are we, uh, what are we facing uh, tomorrow night? I think they're like they're, – they're, they're different. Um, they're not as obviously talented without Natasha Mack, who was, you know, fringe first-round pick last year in the WNBA draft, and then obviously – Jamie Asbury, those were their two leading scores and took 50% of their shots a year ago. Yeah. Um, and so Lauren Fields, um, kind of a combo guard that, you know, has led them in scoring all year long, only double figure score on their team, good in the mid range is going to take a high volume of shots for them, you know? So we, we've got to be good at, at making her take contested shots, you know, and then good energy. I mean, I think defensively they've been real solid this season, um, whether they're in man or zone. Uh, their Achilles heel has been putting the ball in the basket consistently. You know, they don't, they don't have the number of scores um, that they've had in the past. And so, you know, they just kind of rely on toughness and, and competing at the defensive end. They've got a power forward in Taylor Collins. It's just a high energy kid scores around the rim, really bouncy, you know, will outwork you if you let her. Um, and so, you know, they just, it's between that and like some blue collar kids, like they, they've competed, you know, they, they certainly, don't have a lot of wins to show for it in conference play so far, but they've been in all of those games. Yeah, that's going to be. I mean, you're right. There's no, there's no easy outs. It'll be great to get the home crowd uh, behind you, and uh, uh, and then of course that sets up. Uh, we can't even talk about Sunday yet, though, right? We can't even. Right. <laughs> no, we're not talking about a, Sunday. One at a, a time, tre- Matt. One at a time. Tremendous matchup. Okay, keep me focused. That's a extremely tough thing to do uh nikki great to visit with you and uh and this will this will be uh this is gonna be this gonna be a fun time um uh coming up uh, tomorrow night uh, with oklahoma state coming in and then we'll go from there and i'm sure it was fun to be had you played or coached I'm trying to think what, what your path would have how many times you would have been yeah to the I, in uh 
uh, in, at KU. Um, yeah. yeah, we had played there once when I was at Arkansas. Okay. So okay. Yes, yeah, I had played at Allen Fieldhouse, our coach there, once before. Um, okay. And actually, it was a really close game that we lost when I was at Arkansas. So it was good. It was good to get the W. So good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know a lot of, of people on the on the trip like went into the Hall of Fame and were kind of looking at stuff, but I was a little more business focused. <laughs> That's right. Well, <laughs> you'll go visit Dr. Naismith and his whole uh, his whole scene and, and uh, the ghost from the past uh, next time through. But uh, all right. right. Well, hey, great to visit with you, uh, Nikki. Appreciate it. You got it. There she goes. Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley show. This is ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. The Arctic air is here, so heavy coats needed as mostly cloudy skies and blustery conditions continue tonight. Lows drop to 28 with wind chills in the teens and more of the same tomorrow. Mostly cloudy, windy and cold, a high of 38 with wind chills in the teens and a 20% chance of a wintry mix south of Waco. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Jennifer Grant Family Dentistry has been practicing dentistry in Waco for 23 years. Her caring staff prides itself on having over 135 combined years of dedication to creating healthy, beautiful smiles. Jennifer Grant DDS offers all aspects of dentistry, general cosmetic, preventative, and whitening, and there's no need to be afraid of the dentist. Jennifer Grant DDS offers non-IV sedation. New patients are welcome, and most insurance plans are accepted. Jennifer Grant Family Dentistry, where you'll be treated like family. JenniferGrantDDS.com. Call today. Searching for popular jewelry at affordable prices? Do yourself a favor and check out Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They have a large selection of men's and women's gold, silver, and stainless steel jewelry, including rings, necklaces, chains, bracelets, and earrings, plus jewelry for the Western crowd and biker enthusiasts. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. Baylor Sports Beat, weekdays at 7.55 a.m. and 5.25 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849. North Highway 6 in Spiegelville at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. City Ranch Boot Company has a new location and they can't wait to see you. Choose your skin. Choose your design. Let them create that perfect pair of boots, belt, wallet, or handbag. With over 30 years of leather industry, owner Jay Kelly and his team know their stuff. Design boots for the bride and groom or the entire wedding party. Put your company logo on boots as sales incentive or thank your employees. Incorporate your ranch brand or the name of your ranch as a gift for your family. Bring them in for a lifelong memory. City Ranch Boot Company, custom designed, locally owned, family operated, and Texas made. City Ranch Boot Company brings you a unique experience. Shop off the shelf or design yourself. City Ranch Boot Company, located at 10267 North River Crossing, just off Highway 6 and 185, next to the Joko Building. Call them at 254-855-7225. Find them on Facebook and Instagram, too. Or visit their website, cityranchboot.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. 
I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Number five, Baylor got back on the winning track, beating West Virginia 77 to 68. Elsewhere in the Big 12, number 18, Texas Tech beat number 15, Iowa State 72 to 60. Number seven, Kansas over OU 67-64. And Kansas State beat number 23, Texas 66-65. Tonight in Big 12 play, TCU at Oklahoma State. Number 15, Baylor women will have their first conference game in the Farrell Center tonight hosting Oklahoma State. Tip is at 7 o'clock and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Dallas Mavericks try to keep the hot hand tonight hosting the Raptors. Mavs have won nine of the last ten games. Tip is at 7.30. Jason Hammond has resigned as Coppers Cove head football coach and athletic director after two years. The district has begun taking applications to fill those two positions. Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas. show ESPN Central Texas alongside um, Aaron Sexton we continue on and um, I, I thought it would be appropriate today I know we got some folks that are very upset about the way the Cowboys season ended Mike McCarthy for better or worse did get into some very detailed reasoning for how they handled that final play uh, talked about a lot of other things and so I, what I thought we would do is uh, Aaron has uh, secured the audio, and we are able to. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna listen. Let you listen to a little bit of it, and then we'll stop it at some point uh, and, and and talk a little bit about it. And if you want to sound off on McCarthy or what you think of this, uh, what you're about to hear, this was the end of the year press conference. Happened about three o'clock this afternoon, and so we were rolling on it and uh, had this thing covered from several different directions, and. Um, uh, I might have started it actually about 2.40. Uh, but uh, interesting stuff that came out of it. The end of the year sort of State of the Cowboys address from Mike McCarthy. Now, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, we're not a part of this thing. This was a one-man operation, and this was a Mike McCarthy-only news conference. I don't know if Stephen or Jerry, I'd have to look and see if they were available at all after or before or after, but it was uh, it was Mike being asked about all the things that had happened and what direction the Cowboys are going in. So if you want to sound off on this, 254-662-1660. We reserve the right to use whatever you text us in, okay? So you can be anonymous or you put your name on it. Okay, either way. I'm fine either way. I don't want to pressure anybody. 254-662-1660. That's the uh, CNC Collision Center text line all right Aaron let's um this is Mike McCarthy uh in his end of the year press conference let's listen to a little bit of this Mike uh, Dak was saying after the game that he thought his team underachieved Do, would you agree with that and how how do you reconcile how you finished based on what you thought you had going into the post I mean as a football team we didn't we didn't reach our goal uh, I think that's clear um you know we all had you know, high hopes and expectations and definitely, you know, felt that we did a really good job of uh, putting ourselves in position uh, to to make a run in the playoffs. So uh, I think just like anything, when you there's only one team that gets to, you know, answer these questions and, and feel good about, you know, your, your final, you know, your final lap. So, but yeah, I mean, we're disappointed, um, but, you know, we're in the evaluation process and, 
you know, we want to build on what we have accomplished, particularly, you know, from last year to this year. And uh, but yeah, no doubt we did not reach, we did not reach our goal. That, that, that is clear. Given uh, Prescott's comments on the official after the game and a recent apology, did your team blame too much on officials and not take enough accountability uh, after losses? You know, given that they were the most penalized team in the league. Well, I think it's about officials. You know, officials don't lose games. I mean, that's clear. Um, I think comments after games, um, you know, people are emotional, uh, particularly when it doesn't go the way you you, you think it should go. Uh, players are asked questions and uh, encouraged to give honest answers, I, th I think. But once when they come back, we talked about I just did three days exit interviews, talked to every every member of our football team, just concluded about one o'clock. And they're very accountable. And our number one focus moving forward is the penalties. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, you know, way too many. Uh, you know, you look at the pre-snaps, there's, there's no excuse for it. Uh, so that's, you know, that's, that's been, a, it's been a focus all year. You know, the, the thing I struggle with, you know, as a head coach doing this uh, now for a number of years is, you know, I have comparables over a 15-year period. And then, and this team here uh, is clearly one of the better teams I've coached as far as their mental preparation and their mental execution. So our, our, our weekly grades and even our totals uh, for the season of, of you know, we, we break it up into mental errors and missed assignments. So our, our, our mental uh, grades don't coincide with the penalties because they usually, they usually go, go together. And that's something that we'll obviously, you know, take a very, very hard look at. And uh, I think it's just like anything, it, 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 it's the application of what you need to work on to improve uh, when you when you look forward to from one year to the next, and you know we all spend time, uh, particularly the position coaches on you know technique and how you build it into the individual drills and you know penalty prevention. Uh, you know we have common philosophies and and and, and, and approaches. You know keep, do not hold on a run play. I mean we, we all understand that. So uh, there's no excuse to hold on a run play. I mean it's simple math. I mean minus two versus minus ten. Do the math. So I mean that's, but you know we've had too many holdings on run plays. So. I mean, that's something as a coach we'll continue to take a hard look at, you know, by individual, by technique, by concept, you know, situation and so forth. Because uh, we'll react to it. Uh, we'll apply the teaching and uh, to it. I mean, you, you know, I'm a big believer in ROI. You know, you only have so much time and and how you utilize the, you know, all the way down to the individual time. So that that, that process uh, needs to be better because uh, we've been talking, we've been coaching penalties since week one. I mean, it's uh, so uh, it's it's something that, you know, particularly the holding and the pre-snap penalties, those are the two that jump off the charts. Um, so uh, we, we definitely, definitely need to be much better in that area. Mike, in addition to teaching about penalties, how much of a danger is there when there seems to be a mindset among some team leaders that when you lose, it was somebody else's fault? Well, yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a very fair point and question, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I mean, I don't think that's that's the mindset of our team. That's not that's not how the workings go, you know, internally. I mean, it's uh, you know every every penalty that's been ever committed here uh, is put up. You know, it's addressed in the Monday morning correction. I mean, the, the, the team meeting. So, um, so it's it's corrected, it's emphasized, um, but there is a process, and I, and this is not an excuse by any means. But my history uh, will point to this uh, as a head coach. I know my first couple years, you know, up north, uh, we were we were highly penalized, and um, 
in my experience has been uh, no different coming here. You know, every coach has a way he wants to practice. Every coach wants, a, you know, an aggressive play style. And, and, and with that, and it's just not most guys. It's getting everybody to play with that aggressive play style. And we clearly, you were here last year, we didn't have it. You know, so we, we didn't have it consistently throughout our team. I uh, felt like we, we had it a little bit down the stretch there uh, in the later games. Uh, but that's something that we made a vast improvement on. But, but with the aggressiveness and the tenacity of the whole team comes a little more you know, room for error in, in the combative penalties. You know, our combative penalties, we break them into three categories. They're, they're through high right now. So uh, and we need to do a better job as coaches, starting with me, emphasizing, teaching it, and, you know, um, had some great conversations with a number of our veterans about you know the, the individual drills that we're doing. Are, are we spending enough time in the you know? And it's always the line play because you know those guys are always the challenge. You know they're they're the ones that are that have the biggest challenge, particularly starting any off season because they don't really get to really get the you know nitty gritty. Um, hand-to-hand combat till training camp. So, I mean, you know, that's part of the exit interview process. But, yeah, I mean, the, the penalties make no bones about it. We need to be much better there. And, uh, boy, does that make everybody feel better? I mean, I know I do. I uh, get to hear Mike explain it that way. I think everybody feels better about the penalties. Combative penalties. Golly, we break it down. Combative. Of course, there's pre-snap, post-snap, all those kinds of things. doesn't really matter. I mean, it, it really comes down to are you the most penalized team in the league? Yeah. Did you get 14 accepted penalties in the playoff game when, when it was the most crucial game of the year? Yeah. It's not good enough. It's just simply not good enough. You can't, oh, I've, I've talked to the veterans. They'll talk to the veterans about stuff we can do in practice. Nobody cares. Does anybody care about that? Oh, my gosh, he's going to talk to the veterans. That's great. Are there any Cowboys fans out there today like hearing that? Like, oh, man, good, good. Have some conversation with veterans. I mean, thank you to whoever asked. I think it was Mike Fisher. Um, it was. Who said something along the lines of, you know, are your veteran leaders, are your team leaders the ones, you know, not accepting the losses, basically blaming the officials? And it happens. Dak had to apologize for it. Dak had to apologize for his his uh, little quip he made about, the, oh, if they're throwing trash and stuff at the officials, then it's okay then. I mean, in the whole scheme of things, is it the worst thing anybody's ever said? No. I mean, Dak was kind of making a – trying to be funny. It just it just didn't work. And um, and I don't, I don't even hold him that responsible for it. Is it a better comment than Tony Romo a few years ago saying, well, if this is the worst thing that happens to me, I've had a pretty good life? No, it's not. I mean, that was bad because Tony didn't have a grip of what that meant to Cowboys fans, and he didn't have a grip on – what it meant to him personally, and he said something stupid uh, back in the day. He apologized for it. It's fine. He moved on with it. Now he's making $17 million a year to to, uh, to analyze football. He's doing okay. Old Tony survived that, survived it pretty well. Tony made the best point of all, though, the other day when he said on that last play, you know, go hand the ball to the umpire. Uh, you'll hear, we'll play more of this as, as the, the day unfolds. Aaron, do you want to play a little bit more now? Do we have a little time, or should we should we take a break, man? I I, I know we've got a couple more breaks that we need to get in today. Uh, what do we What do we think? Can we listen to a little more, or do we need to do that next? Yeah, we should probably do it next segment. Take a okay. quick break and come back and listen to a little more. All right, all right, good. Uh, let's do that. Um, and let's uh, let's uh, let's hear a little bit from our sponsors, and then uh, we'll have a little bit more from Mike McCarthy and react to that. We'll do it next. 
This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor Athletics. Now here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi everybody, it's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, the Baylor men win a big road game in Morgantown, plus the Baylor women in action tonight in the Farrell Center. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. You're listening to the Baylor Sports Beat on ESPN Central Texas. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. Baylor men's basketball snapped out of a two-game skid with a 77-68 win last night in Morgantown over West Virginia. The Bears led by L.J. Criers, 25 points in the game. Matt Meyer had 20. Adam Flagler, 14 for the victory, the 16th of the year for the Bears, now 4-2 and two in Big 12 conference play. After the game, we visited with head coach Scott Drew. Coach, what a win in this type of environment. Congratulations. Well, well, uh, um, you know, you never uh, are given a win against a Bob Huggins team. You have to earn it. And I thought we came out and uh, the preparation was tremendous, uh, being shorthanded. Guys really stepped up, and I thought we got off to a great start, which was critical. Yeah. Then we showed a lot of heart character coming back when a lot of teams uh, would have folded in that situation, and we actually uh, uh, finished the game unlike we did the last two games. And I thought the bench was tremendous. James, Jeremy, uh, Langston really gave us all they had on the bench as well as everybody else. So it was a great, great team win. And obviously uh, uh, Matt Meyer had a great game and um, did a great job uh, uh, taking high percentage shots. Now tell everybody, uh, James and Jeremy and uh, Langston, they had a role today, didn't they? All were assigned a certain duty. All of them performed <laughs> it well. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, it takes a team to win. And uh, you, you get a win like this, it's uh, it's huge. It stops uh, uh, that two-game losing skid. Um, allowed guys to step up. And uh, uh, I shouldn't have played James the last game. Really credit him for trying. But uh, um, I like this game prep a lot more, knowing what we had going in and what guys were going to do. And um, as I told James, really appreciate the hardy show last game. But let's get you well before we try to put you back out there. Scott Drew following last night's 77-68 win over West Virginia in Morgantown. The Bears now headed to Norman to play OU on Saturday. Meanwhile, the Baylor women back in action at home tonight in the Farrell Center. Home for the first time in three weeks, hosting Oklahoma State on the air at 6.30. Tip-off at 7 here on ESPN Central Texas for the Bears and the Cowgirls. Television tonight on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris.
ESPN Central Texas is 1660 AM, 92.3 FM, and 100.9 FM. Northern Tool and Equipment is the store for over 100,000 tools. Here you'll find the right tool for any job with brands like Milwaukee, Steel, Honda, Lincoln, and more. Our annual storage sale is going on now with savings up to 50%. The deals are stacking up on shelving, storage bins, racks, job site boxes, and more. Plus, select truck boxes are 20% off. It's time to put every tool in its place. Visit Northern Tool and Equipment. Quality tools for serious work. At Ascension Providence, care is more than a word. Care is serving our patients, standing with you in times of need, and showing compassion when you're at your most vulnerable. Care is listening and delivering personalized plans from a team of specialists, providing leading-edge treatments at every step. At Ascension Providence, care is more than a word. It's our calling. Make your next appointment at GetProvidenceCare.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Number five, Baylor got back on the winning track, beating West Virginia 77 to 68. Elsewhere in the Big 12, number 18, Texas Tech beat number 15, Iowa State 72 to 60. Number seven, Kansas over OU 67-64. And Kansas State beat number 23, Texas 66-65. Tonight in Big 12 play, TCU at Oklahoma State. Number 15, Baylor women will have their first conference game in the Farrell Center tonight, hosting Oklahoma State. Tip is at 7 o'clock, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Dallas Mavericks try to keep the hot hand tonight, hosting the Raptors. Mavs have won 9 of the last 10 games. Tip is at 7.30. Jason Hammond has resigned as Coppers Cove head football coach and athletic director after two years. The district has begun taking applications to fill those two positions. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Continuing on a uh, on a uh, very pleasant but chilly, kind of kind of a little bit chilly uh, Wednesday afternoon. This week is weird because we were off the air yesterday. I'm trying to get my wits about me. It's always a struggle for me. I think today, yeah, today's Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. We just got to the end of the week a little quicker than usual because we were off the air, and then Monday was a holiday for a lot of folks and uh, MLK Day, very important day in our nation's history. And um, anyway, it's been a kind of an interesting week to uh, to go, and it's great. It's been a great week for Baylor in some in some ways because uh, women get off the Schneid at uh, on Sunday. Men uh, get a big win yesterday in Morgantown, and uh, tonight the women play. They host uh, Oklahoma State. First, like they had like one game at the Farrell Center in the last six weeks. All right, it's time for the women to get in front of the home fans, and fans, if you're listening, get on out there. Get on out there. I mean, they were doing a deal today where if you DM'd them on Twitter, like the first 20 DMs got free tickets to the game. I mean, there's plenty of ways. Now, we need to start doing like what uh, the guy at University of Texas, what uh, Beard does, Chris Beard, and giving fans Whataburger. That's really transformed that fan base, okay? They don't win, really, uh, but they do get, like, chicken biscuits, all right? And that's half the battle. You give some fans chicken biscuits, and they'll show up. 
uh, even if they you you get beat at K, by K State at home, you get Chris Weber comes or excuse me Bruce Weber, Chris Weber, Bruce Weber comes in and uh, puts one on you, the great Bruce Weber, love him. Okay, uh, we're we're continuing to listen to Mike McCarthy in his end of the year press conference, and uh, we're going to listen to a little bit more of that and then react to it. Here is uh, Cowboys head coach in his end-of-the-year news conference. We're going to pick it up. We've been talking about, he's been talking about officiating, and does he think his players have complained too much? Let's pick it up from there. Increased uh, penalties on Sunday. Two of them were neutral uh, infractions on Randy. Are his eyes... Let me try kind of settled into his, his stance a little bit. Like, what's the point of correction for him there? Well, I mean, in, in, in fairness to all that, I, mean, I have not watched the games in detail. I've obviously spent some time with Kellen and, and John Fossil, just you know, on some game, you know, game situation conversation um, uh, that we were part of. But yeah, I mean, Rand, Randy's reading the movement of the tackle. You know, I, I think that's you know, um, you know, as far as you know, where his eyes are and, and so forth. But you know, the actual, exactly, specifically what happened on the play, I, I haven't, I haven't studied that yet. Mike, you're like, you're like to lose members of your coaching staff, you're going to lose guys in free agency. How, how would you, I guess, sell to the fan base that this team can be better next year? Oh, we're going to be better. I mean, we're going to be better through uh, just through the process. I, I think, you know, I, I trust number one. I, I trust our, our personnel process. You know, I think that, you know, the collaboration, I mean, I, I think we have to give our, our personnel um our personnel department and, and just what we did last year to this year. I mean, my go- I mean, we had tremendous. I mean, that was the change we had on defense from a personnel and coaching staff standpoint. I mean, that's the biggest change that I've ever been a part of, um, both player and coaching. So to pull all that together, um, you know, there's there's a lot of hard work and, and a lot of credit that goes you know goes to a number of people. So um, you know, I have the same confidence that you know we'll do that moving forward. Now it's going to be a challenge because I, I know there's definitely. You know, you can't keep everybody, but every team's, you know, that's 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 the era that we're in. Uh, we'll go through that and, and count on another, you know, another really, you know, an excellent draft class to go with the two that we have. So, um, no, I got to remember, I, I, I coached the youngest team in the league for a number of years. So, I, I have great belief in draft and development. You know, this will probably be, hopefully, to be the first year that we can have a normal offseason program. And uh, so, I think with that, the, the combination of veterans and young players that we have, you know, I think we definitely can take a step forward. Mike, you told us you think handling success is more difficult than handling failure. After y'all started the season six and one, how do you think, how well did your team handle success? Um, I, I don't think this is something you just put a grade on. Uh, there's definitely moments that we did not, you know, and I, I think uh, with those moments, um, I've always looked at it. It's a, it's a great opportunity to learn and grow from it. So um, just no different handling success during that, that run there, uh, but you know, just just take the playoff game too. I, th- I think that the fact that you know now that we've played a playoff game together, you know, the expectation of what it feels like and what, what could we did better in, in, at the beginning of the game. I think all those things pay forward and are all part of that handling success challenge. How much pressure will be on you next year to take the next step? Because obviously last year, this year took another step from last year. I mean, I mean, yeah, but that's. I mean that's 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 what we focus on. I mean we're we're not here to go backwards. I mean you know, I, I think that's uh, that's that's part of the challenge. It's it's uh, 
it's it's part of the privilege of, of pressure of improvement in this league and, and sustaining success is clearly whatever level of success you attain sustaining it is the biggest challenge in this league um, you know I think history will point to that I know it's been my personal experience but um, you know to, to do it every year to be in position I mean that's that's a huge challenge but um, you know I, th I think with the group that we have love the guys love the locker room uh, I think the culture that's been created uh, we have an incredible foundation to to build off of and prepare to to take the run next year yeah <clears throat> that is um there he is, the great Mike McCarthy, doing his thing. And, and we may have more of this tomorrow. Uh, you know, he, he, he just doesn't really – Aaron made a good point. I think it was off air earlier to me. It, it's kind of like he, he, he'll he acknowledge something, and then he kind of he comes back around and says, but, yeah, that's not really what happened here. He just – the accountability's not there. I heard something from Scott Drew. Uh, talking to John Morris that was more accountable than anything McCarthy said in that whole thing we just heard. Scott said something about how, well, I shouldn't have played James Akinjo in that game against OSU. You know, it, it, I just shouldn't have done it. And, you know, he thanked him for giving it, for trying to gut it out, but it wasn't the right decision for the team. People respect coaches for being up front and saying, I screwed up. I made a mistake, and in this coach kind of he, he doesn't he can't do it directly. He'll kind of say, "Ah, it's on me, it's on me." But da 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 da. Here are a million excuses why it's not really on me. So, I mean, the Cowboys fan fandom, I think, if the word came out today that they're gonna, you know, it's time to we're gonna fire <clears throat> uh, McCarthy and 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 have uh, Dan Quinn as a head coach. Everybody would be pleased, but what will happen is they're going to stick with McCarthy, and they're going to um, they're going to do this with uh, they're going to go on down this this uh, same road, and Dan Quinn will probably get another head coaching job, whether it be the Vikings or whoever. He's got too many opportunities right now to probably not get one. All right, that's Matt. Uh, we uh, we got the dismount coming up next. Where we have to say goodbye to you. That's next. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at centexsportsfan.com. Wings Pizza and Things has been your go-to place to watch your game for over 15 years. With over 60 big screens, you're sure to catch all the games. With 15 wing sauce flavors from ghost pepper to plain, we have all your taste buds covered. And don't forget about the made-from-scratch pizzas. But wait, there's more. Try their burgers, fillies, sandwiches, and wraps. Don't forget about the wide variety of draft beers and finish your meal off with something from the sweet spot. Check out the entire menu and specials at wingsandtemple.com or follow them on Facebook. Wings Pizza and Things, Temple's home for sports for 15 years. And a lot of people, when they come in, they'll say, I'm usually much more active, but since I've been in pain, I've had to limit the activities I'm doing. You're listening to Janelle, an arch support specialist at the Good Feet Store. The next step is getting them in the right arch supports. After walking around with the arch supports, they'll feel much freer and lighter. Our goal is to have that long-term change for them to make sure that they're continuing to notice a difference in their life. Try them for yourself with a free fitting at the Good Feet Store. Good Feet Waco in Central Texas Marketplace across from Lazy Boy.
Your home for Baylor women's basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery, call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107. 758107 or look for Myatt Fields on Facebook. The self-employed face a particular challenge with respect to health coverage. Healthcare costs have just skyrocketed and it has really gotten to where it's very complex and confusing. Hurley Benefit Services Vice President Tammy Hurley. Self-employed individuals have such a personal responsibility and so they really like being able to be in charge of their personal insurance policies and their choices. Health insurance, if you're self-employed, doesn't have to be hard to buy. Hurley Benefit Services can help. Being a self-employed individual, you are working so hard on your business and to know all the answers or to even know what questions to ask about insurance is tough come to us, we can answer those questions for you and find a package that you're going to be able to afford and it's going to meet your needs. Set a no-cost, no-obligation appointment with Hurley Benefit Services to find out more. Hurley Benefit Services is locally owned and they're online at HurleyBenefitServices.com. H-U-R-L-E-Y BenefitServices.com. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up. Camille Johnson Realtors congratulates the Big 12 Conference football champion Baylor Bears. Camille is a proud Baylor University graduate and is a longtime supporter of her community and all the Baylor Bear athletic programs. For over 36 years, Camille has been in the real estate world and she started her own company, Camille Johnson Realtors, six years ago. Her group of 29 real estate agents are all successful, smart, and experienced, and they have helped hundreds of satisfied Central Texas buyers and sellers. Learn more at CamilleJohnson.com and Go Bears! This is the Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference basketball. Now, here's the voice of the Bears. Hi, everybody. It's Trevor Jack of Big 12. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up. The Dismount has arrived. And we're pleased to... Uh, Pleased to bring it to you as uh, we have to say goodnight. And it's been a good show. Appreciate Pat Nunley. Really fun stuff, talking about some of those SWC days. The guy we were talking about, you know, James Stern was from Waxahachie. He was a, like a 5'10", 5'11", guard who could just jump out of the gym. Probably had about a 40, 44 to 45-inch vertical. All right, the, the biggest vertical we ever knew of in that back in those days, kind of late, mid to late 70s, um, Aaron was a guy, and again, I, I say, act like I remember this. I was, I kind of remember this player because he went into the NBA. But the guy with the, the the most incredible vertical back in those days was a guy at NC State by the name of David Thompson. And I, David Thompson was rumored to have a uh, vertical of 48 to 50 inches. But James Stern could jump out of the gym. Now, Ronnie Blake, who we brought up, was from, I think, Lufkin, Pat reminded me of. Aaron, can you imagine, like, what it would be like as a little kid to get to meet Muggsy Bogues or somebody like that? Like, later in life, I met Spud Webb. 
but that was really neat because Spud, when I was a kid, you know, that was a that was a kind of a cool thing to, you know, he was with the Hawks and played at Wilmer Hutchins and just a just an unbelievable player. What he was able to do in the NBA, in college and everything. Incidentally, I guess he played at NC State as well as David Thompson, but Ronnie Blake played basketball for Jim Howler. There was no way he was maybe even 5'6". He was probably 5'4". And he just... And, and, and I just remember meeting him outside of the locker room after an SMU game, and he was, like, not even much taller than I was as a little kid. It was just unbelievable. Uh, all those old days. Appreciate also uh, Nikki Collin. Always fun to catch up with Nikki. We got to say goodnight. We will be right back with you at... Uh, four o'clock tomorrow everybody have a great evening we'll talk to you soon good night this is the spectrum big 12 shoot around a daily look inside big 12 conference basketball now here's the voice of the bears Hi everybody it's never check a big 12 hoops on today's spectrum big 12 shoot around coming up baylor women's basketball in action coming up this evening on the air at 6 30 tip off at 7 the bears hosting oklahoma state here on espn central texas and straight ahead we'll look at last night's action in the big 12 on the men's side including baylor's win in morgantown over west virginia details straight ahead on today's spectrum big 12 shoot around. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics. The team physicians for Baylor 